Eddie, did you know that Norman Osborn gets mad at Spider-Man for trying to save him? Huh, that's weird. I know, right? Oh, and Norman Osborn actually attacks Spider-Man from behind while Spider-Man is helping him. That's crazy. Tell me about it. Oh, then Norman Osborn tries to kill Professor Strom. Does he? No, no, no. Spider-Man saves the professor. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but then Professor Strom just suddenly dies from a heart attack anyway. What the? Let's read Spider-Man! Let's read Spider-Man! 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 Hello, True Believer readers. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. Today we are going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man 36, 37, and 38. We're doing these three issues together because, frankly, none of them are that good, or are they? But first, let me introduce the Steve Ditko to my Stanley, my good friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm doing well. I, I, I had a little cup of some tea to perk me up and get me ready to talk about Spider-Man, so I'm ready, James B. Great, great. Um, Eddie, Amazing Spider-Man 36 is called When Falls the Meteor, in which Spider-Man must face the moral menace of the uncanny looter. Yeah, no, uh, no Doc Ock or well, Vulture in this one, Eddie. Let's, let's, let's just, before we start, let's disperse you weaklings. <laughs> this is a line from the meteor, so as long as the weaklings are all out of our area, I'm, I'm ready to hear a little bit about... The looter. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and how is he not the meteor too? Like, <laughs> what happened there? He should have gone with the meteor. I well, feel strongly. <laughs> it's. Go I got to put this in the in the uh, up, I'm gonna, in the name of the title of the episode. It's going to be called "When Falls the Meteor." So hopefully, people know that this is the looter episode. But a meteor falls, and Norton G. Fester hopes to prove there is a microscopic living matter in the meteor sample. None of his friends or the banks give him a loan, so he decides he will chip away at the meteor himself. Eddie, the meteor has a gas pocket inside of it, and the gas gives him some abilities, and he decides to use that power to get money. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I was going to make a... I was going to say, I wish gas gave me abilities other than gas. I'm ready. <clears throat> the, the meteor has a gas pocket inside of it, and the gas gives him some abilities. <laughs> I just... bet it gives him abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Extra gas, right, everyone? All right. All right. Sorry, James B. I got to control myself. Too That's much okay. tea. That's okay. He decides to use the power to get money whenever he wants by robbing banks and starting a crime wave. Eddie, you talk about the importance of money in the 60s a lot. Uh, which villains come to mind as bank robbers? I mean, this is a reoccurring theme in Spider-Man across the board for so many, for certainly for Peter Parker, um, constantly has problems with money and Aunt May, all his world is always in trouble for money. And the villains, I mean, I think way back to like the Vulture I, and uh, James B, I was re-listening and kind of reading through some of our old podcasts and like the vulture is really heavily money motivated, like from the very get go, <laughs> the point where he's like 
stealing the gems and telling the police about how he's stealing diamonds from whoever's moving them around. <laughs> but, you know, like the vulture, uh, I, I think the molten man is a really like, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember back, um, big on money. But James B., I guess I've done, a li- I think I've done a little research here. Which other remaining villains that I haven't mentioned here um, are really money motivated? And there's a couple that are not at all. You want, you want to take a guess at any of them? think sandman's a money guy oh yeah sandman is i mean pile of sand hides his money in it right that's his, <laughs> his second to his education of course right <laughs> right he needs his diploma <laughs> um i'm thinking burglar steals the money to start off the whole uh whole, whole storyline right right very good the burglar <laughs> a very kind of a, a low level but go ahead continue any sure. other guesses uh chameleon not money motivated i believe now it's this was this was a tricky one because like he did sell the plans mm. to the Russian sub. Okay, so then, we could, maybe he was selling, you know, like maybe he, you know, he was point. selling them for money. So I wasn't. Half, I put him in the money category. Sure. Okay. Then I know who's not money motivated. The guy who only makes a dime on each radio. The terrible tinkerer. <laughs> Very good, James B. Uh, I'm going to say Doc Ock, not money motivated. I, I, I'll pause you there. I have a big problem with this because like, Sometimes he is, and sometimes he isn't. Like there's a there's a part where he goes to um, Blackie Blackie Glaxon, Gaxton, right? And he, like that was one of his big things was to rebuild his empire money through there. So I, I think Doc Ock falls in the middle for me. But go ahead, continue, James B. Any other hold, guesses? Hold on, I'm not done with this yet. Okay, uh, if Doc Ock cares about money, why does he give Blackie Gaxton so much? Well, I I, I don't I don't know. I you may you go, you might have me there, but. Doctor Doom not money motivated, power no, motivated. Very good. The lizard the not money point. motivated. Yep. Too too crazy to be money motivated. <laughs> uh, living brain not money motivated. <laughs> very good again. <laughs> um, I'm thinking. Um, You're missing. I think like Electro's mo- Electro's money motivated. Yes, he like the cover. He's holding a bag of cash on the cover of his comic, actually. And remember, he was like only willing to like do jobs for money. Like he was, you know, that yeah. kind of person. Um, the enforcers are—they're just hired henchmen. So I mean, that's inherently money motivated. They work for anybody, right? Kind of. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, I, they, I felt like they were in the middle. They were working for very little, I think. But anyways, Mysterio. Um, no, not money motivated. Goblin, no. Craven, no. Yes, very good, James B. And you left you left out the one who's um, like in the big minus, which is not really a villain, but he does control the robot. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson's handing out money to go after Spider-Man. He's so unmotivated by money to, uh, to get him. So It's interesting to say J. Jonah Jameson's not motivated by money, though. <laughs> he's not. He's not looking to make cash. <laughs> he's just trying to go after Spider-Man. He's, uh, he's well. We forgot. We didn't have the uh, the Scorpion. I'm, I I, I I wasn't even done with my list. I oh, to, sorry, James B. Go ahead. I was okay. gonna say I was gonna say Scorpion. No, Beetle. You want to count the Beetle? I counted the Beetle, but it, he's like, no. no crime. No. Crime Master. I'm gonna say he's a no. Crime Master is. I put him in between because he wants to control the under, underworld. So. Oh. It, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's mix there. Maybe. But by the way, everything we're talking about now is more interesting than this issue, so we should probably... <laughs> it's probably the most interesting thing. Hey, let me just wrap this up. All okay. right, all right. 
Um, well, actually, there's there's two more things in here I think that are worth talking about. Look, Eddie Peter Parker realizes he's not that popular at college, and he tries to start making friends, and it begins to work as the girls think he's sweet and dreamy and brainy, and he gets invited to a party, but he believes he's only being invited because he is smart, uh, which he is correct, and since he doesn't want to be known as an egghead, he turns down the party invitation. Eddie, should Peter go to the party? Yes or no? I mean... Oh, go to the party, Peter. <laughs> it doesn't matter the context in which you got invited. You got invited and go and prove that there are other sides to you other than being very brainy. It's an easy one for me. But quite frankly, James B., I, I do like parties. So. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like that Stan Lee writes Peter to say, no, I'm not going – because you just want me there because you think I'm like a smart guy and having a smart guy at your party makes your party look better. You don't want me there because um, I'm who I am. And I think that's that's okay to turn someone down for that reason. He's not being invited because he's Peter. He's being invited because he's smart. I, I mean, I'm okay with him not going. Hey, later Gwen Stacy, another uh, frenemy of his, runs into him at a science exhibit. Uh, the looter tries to steal a meteor. Um, let's see. Peter changes into Spider-Man. There's a four-page battle. The loop, the looter escapes, uh, and Gwen believes Peter was a coward for running away. Spider-Man returns to the scene, and the looter comes back looking for the same meteor sample. This time, there's a five-page battle. Spidey punches the looter so much, he knocks him out, all the while delivering a series of quips about his line of work and the pros and cons of doing this superhero gig. Eddie... Is there anything else you want to talk about in issue 36? I got one last thing, but what do you got? I mean, other than very briefly, the dazzle gun. <laughs> I do love the looter's dazzle gun. Uh, but th- there's a moment here where the looter knocks something over to put bystanders in danger, at which point Spider-Man has to save the bystanders instead of, you know, go after the looter. And I, I, I like looked back through James B. and... I don't know if this has happened before. Can you think of a time when Spider-Man had to like avoid whatever he was doing to go save bystanders because the the criminal had put people into danger? Um, I think when there's the sign that says like a Lee Dit Inc. Uh, you know, Dick Go and Lee's name, and it's uh-huh. that sign. Doc Ock when he's like yeah rampaging through the yeah. city. That's what I was thinking. It's true. I, I, was... I mean, this is this is a strategy that I think villains should use way more often, like, particularly when they fe- are feeling overpowered. So I, it's besides that one, and I can't think of another one, it, it, this actually makes the looter kind of clever for a villain since not many other villains have done it. So although I, I can't say the looter is the most exciting, I am impressed that he gets away by putting bystanders in danger by knocking whatever whatever this thing is he knocks over <laughs> i don't know what it's called so I, I only thing i wanted to add is that when spider-man is punching him and he says things like i'm not even entitled to fringe benefits i don't get social security or paid vacations or christmas bonus he's punching him and he's giving us all the reasons why he should not be a superhero i, I did think that was uh, kind of clever that spider-man recognizes it's not a great paying job so all right. Not for Spider-Man, but it's we, true. 
We are uh, we are going to try to keep on track because we have to do three issues, Eddie, uh, in one podcast. So if you don't mind, I'm going to move on to another title. Uh, Once upon a time, there was a robot, and uh, in this issue here, Professor Strom is released from prison while Frederick Foswell looks on. Spider-Man stops an attack on Foswell who later reveals to J. Jonah Jameson that Strom has been planning revenge for years on someone. Uh, For 10 years, Strom has dreamed of this moment. He has dreamed of getting revenge on the man who cheated him out of his inventions. Uh, Professor Strom, by the way, is essentially the mentor to Norman Osborn. And while he's been doing all this plotting, Peter Parker has a whole page disagreement with, once again, his frenemy, Gwen Stacy. She almost punches him, and Flash has to come to her rescue, um, we'll discuss this later, but I think Peter's basically being a jerk to both of them, and Gwen is still into him for some reason. Meanwhile, Professor Strom has created some kind of weird robots, and one of them is made of, I don't know how to describe it, those things that you throw at the wall and it kind of rolls down, they're made out of rubber and that rubber <laughs> creature thing. I know, I know those things you're talking about. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's tearing up the place, Spider-Man goes in there to stop it because it's destroying everything. He does defeat it, and then outside the plant, we learn that it's actually Harry Osborne's dad, Norman Osborne, who owns the plant. Um, Strom does launch a second robot to go after Norman Osborne, and then the story gets a little strange as Norman Osborne gets mad at Spider-Man for interfering. Um, on page 16, Osborne actually attacks Spider-Man from behind. Uh, Osborne tries to kill Strom, and he fails, but then Strom dies from a heart attack immediately anyway. And I say, Eddie, what just happened? There, like everything speeds up so quickly at the end of this comic, uh, it's 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 confusing. I mean, there's the scene earlier where Norman Osborn is sweating and he's like, Ugh. but he's worried about like telling his son that Strom actually invented lots of things and helped him with his whole business. So, I guess that panel was more important than I thought it was until the very end. At which point, uh, you know, he's he's got the gun and Strom dies of his heart attack <laughs> even though spider-man sees the gun and then can't catch can't catch whoever had the gun too I, what do you what do you think at the end of this james b i think the problem with this issue is that 37 should be in the place of 38 and vice versa because 37 is needed to understand 39 and 40 and 37 alone just doesn't make a lot of sense it's if you once we do our review of 39 and 40 you could look back at me saying, oh, now I know what happened in 37. But standing alone, it, it I, I don't think this issue holds up at all. I think this issue is awful by itself. I think this is the second bad issue that I had to read this week. It's it's a weird one, that's for sure. And I really – Peter Parker treats Gwen so poorly in this one. And Gwen is like one of his only allies kind of consistently. It really bothers me the things that he says and how angry he makes Gwen too. Yes. So yes, I, I'm ready to move on when you yeah. are, James B. <laughs> yeah, I, and I just want to just to to say what you said, but then some. Gwen is also unreasonably supportive of him because he's such a jerk to her, and she has no reason at all to be a supporter of him anyway, because no one else she knows likes him. He gives her no reason to like him, and she shouldn't like him. And I don't even like that she sort of likes him. It's definitely a hormonal type thing between the two of them because she always throws in a like, well, he's still sort of dreamy or something like that. And she, uh, no, fail, fail, fail. This issue would be the worst issue of of a set of three if it wasn't in this set of three. I'll tell you that because 
You know what? This last issue, Eddie, I this might be the worst of the three. How about you take this one? You you've given me the best for the end, right, James BF? Just a guy named Joe. Joe is in the ring uh, at the beginning boxing. He like gets thrown out and it looks terrible. And the only it's incredible how poorly his manager treats him all throughout um, this this comic. So whatever he gets he gets knocked out of the ring and his his manager uh, hooks him up with being an extra in a movie. He puts a costume on which looks a little bit like Doc Ock's goons costumes if you remember that, but in orange. There's an accident on the set. Joe gets electrocuted in some chemicals. Uh, he gets all messed up, and his manager, well, any change will be an improvement. Poor Joe. <laughs> the bugle is a mess. J. Jonah Jameson is firing secretaries. Peter has regrets about Betty and bumps into Ned Leeds. Gets really upset. Uh, Joe comes to he comes to and gets thrown back into the set with all sorts of sparkles in his eyes. And he flips out and just like starts breaking things and throwing people around. And it's kind of an interesting part where he's like messing up the studio. I do like fights that take place in weird places. Um, and then he he gets the better of Spider-Man. He like chucks him away, which I was impressed by. And his manager helps him again, but ends up saying, you're a born loser kid to him. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Osborne takes on a disguise and convinces criminals to go after Spider-Man for, for, I think it's 20 grand, right, James B.? Is that what, did you see this number in there? Yes, the uh, criminals are, are going to get paid $20,000 because later Spider-Man will actually make a comment that he wishes he could collect the money. I know, but he cuts the money in half, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this is part of the, I'll pay you later. I'm gonna, you have the half uh, whatever. Anyways, no. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I I think this is uh, this is the only part I want to talk about. He, oh, okay, he, all he, right. He cuts the money in half. So what you know, you, you hear us talking about this. He literally takes a stack of bills, like a large stack, maybe a hundred bills, <laughs> and they're cut in half. So if you wanted to reassemble them, <laughs> you would need all hundred bills in the same order, and you have to retape them all together. Am I wrong, Eddie? That's what you need to do. I mean. I just would take the cut in half dollars, reassemble one of the halves <laughs> into $10,000 and walk away. <laughs> uh, Although the, I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want Norman Osborne to be my enemy, though. He wouldn't no, they're all, Eddie, they're all left shoes, though. You can't just take – it doesn't work that way. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Continue, continue with the ending of your story. Uh, all right. So Peter's walking through campus, and this is actually just before the early part. I was – kind of interested he bumps into a protest and i was reading this this part james b this comic is from july of 1965 i think do you do you feel that sounds about right and yeah it's july i know that it's yeah 65, july, sure. and i think it's 1965 and so it's an interesting time in you know america to be writing about protests and it would be interesting to ask someone who read this comic at the time what they thought of this scene because like really it's like a a joke that Peter Parker runs into this protest and like, what are these people protesting him for? And they're like, we can protest for something for you if you protest for us. So it's an interesting kind of look at how the comic book is interpreting society at the time, because we know protests are going on all over you know, the country at, at the time. I would be, I, so I, I think we should ask someone at some point what, what they thought about this when they read it the first time, maybe, maybe one of my relatives or otherwise. All right, moving on with Joe. A bunch of trim criminals try to get Spidey. 
this doesn't work. We've seen it a bunch of times. He knocks them all out. Joe wakes up and walks into a gym and kind of has his revenge with his super strength and strength and knocks out all the guys at the gym. Spider-Man shows up and has one of those, uh, you know, '60s Batman TV show kind of fights. You know, kapow, boom, bonk, uh, and there's no words, which is not not my favorite either. No woody quips from spider-man eventually joe comes to he's let off by off the hook by the cops and lands a leading role in a movie much to peter parker's dismay his manager after being so mean to him the whole time does get him a really good job in the movie industry um peter's sad about betty and ned leads again he misses mary jane she was here but she left and then he really sadly goes up to his bedroom thinking about how he's not going to be a big star like like joe who's no longer sad is and that's 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 a sad book james b yeah there's a there's a line that i wanted to mention it was around the protest time too of course at the it's a student protest by the way and at, at the protest of course is flash and harry and 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 uh gwen and do you remember this part that he's like uh flash is like just as I thought, Parker, you're even too puny to carry a sign. And do you remember what Peter says, basically? I mean, Peter sort of gives it back to him, but Peter thinks in his head, no matter what Flash says to me, it's hard to get mad at him. Even though he has no use for Peter Parker, he's one of Spider-Man's most loyal fans. <laughs> but I had mentioned this a couple podcasts ago that he is, I think he's changed his role. He's no longer supposed to be the, you know, the, the enemy of, of Peter Parker. Yeah. He's supposed to be the supporter of Spider-Man. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's interesting to me that Flash Thompson is participating in this protest and trying to get more people to participate in this protest, too, since he has been like the football star, kind of the American hero. So I I think there's a a very interesting, as stated before, social dynamic of what the characters are doing during this protest, protest, even though it's played off as like a huge joke overall. I noticed you had in the show notes... Is it sadder to be Joe or Peter Parker? <laughs> is it? Yeah, which one is it, James? You, you go first. <laughs> uh, I don't think we have enough. I don't think we have enough information on Joe Smith. I mean, I've only met him for one issue. Uh, I guess it's. I guess it's sadder to be Peter Parker. I, the simple. I mean, the simple fact that it is. I mean, he is insulted regularly through people who are supposed to be helping him i feel like but then at the end of the at the end of the comic he uh he ends up doing much better than peter parker so joe's joe's got him beat for sure yeah well the fact is that i was gonna say peter parker peter parker has conscious incompetence he knows that he's a failure a lot of things like he knows he he's got all these struggles Joe doesn't seem to have a clue. Joe is, he, I mean, he's oblivious to so much all throughout. Which is which is healthy. Right. It's good for him because everybody's really mean to him. Yeah. So Poor Joe. Therefore, if everyone's mean to you and you don't really understand it, you're not that sad. All right. All right. All right. So before we discuss the worst issue, let's... <laughs> get our sponsor which will be the best part of our podcast okay and eddie our sponsor today is the tompkins agency eddie the tompkins agency was founded in 1964 in brooklyn and has since 
risen to prominence as one of the most prestigious agencies in the world. Headquartered in Manhattan, New York, the Tompkins Agency has offices across the U.S., Europe, and Asia, and represents high-profile talent in television, film, and sports. With clients like Joe Smith, who held Spider-Man to a fighting standstill, the Tompkins Agency is undeniably a rising powerhouse agency with star-studded clientele. Eddie, the Tompkins Agency is happy to work with the less established talent. So if you are looking at boxing, wrestling, or alien monster fantasy films, call the Tompkins Agency today. If no one answers, keep bothering them in person for months. They will eventually see you just to get you off their backs. The Tompkins Agency, phone calls and material drop-offs are not accepted. All right. Eddie, are you interested in reaching out to the Tompkins Agency? I, I well, phone calls and material drop-offs are not accepted, so I, I, I guess I'm gonna like, I guess I'm gonna drive there like right now and start banging, on, banging on the door. Well, actually, they're usually hanging out. I think at like a gym or something. You have to find them. <laughs> some boxing some, match or something. Yeah. All right, I, I'm I'm not reaching out to the Tom, Tompkins agency, though I appreciate them being our sponsor for this episode, James B. <laughs> What do you think about these books, Eddie? These three were a struggle. In in light of, particularly in light of the fantastic series we didn't read too long ago with Doc Ock, where uh, those were those were works of art. Uh, these ones, like the, a guy named Joe, it's it's almost more it's more about Joe than it is about Spider Man. Almost like we don't we don't care about them. It's almost like they start off with you shouldn't care about this this comic. So. Yeah, I um, I thought that the Meteor slash Looter comic was the worst. It was top two worst comic I had read in the Spider-Man series Ooh. with you until I read 38. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is this is tough. I don't know. They're, I mean, oh, so it's they're both so bad. They're both. so. I mean, I mean, Eddie, the. The looter makes the meteor man seem like the goblin. You know, it's like he's just awful. But <laughs> Joe might make the looter seem like Doc Ock. I mean, he's just this is this is terrible. It's terrible, terrible issue. At, at least at least we get a small amount of character development in thirty seven, where we kind of see Norman Os- Osborn interact. A little bit of mystery, a little bit of backstory about what's going on there. Which is the only saving grace, probably. Yeah, it's, 37. it's 37 saving graces is because it's 36 and 38 on either sides of it. <laughs> how did how did you not get word. stuck with these at your cabin? These are summer issues. <laughs> they should they should have been stuck, but <laughs> it's very possible someone read them, you know, in the store and were like, "Nah, <laughs> we'll let that one go. Maybe I'll go pick up a Fantastic Four or something else." <laughs> I have one other issue that I did not care for at all. Uh, do you have any before these three that you didn't like? This is kind of how we'll wrap things up today, if you don't mind. Uh, let's see. Well, you know what? I, I'll guess for you, I know you do not like the Enforcers, James B. Was it uh, the Enforcers? Nope. I actually thought the Enforcers was a – that was a – I thought that – if you remember, I did not think I was going to like it, but I actually liked that oh, issue. Oh, that's true. I'm no, no, cat, no. Let me just tell you the one. I, I'll tell you what I didn't like, and then – I did not like Annual 2. Oh, 
Oh, if we're counting the annuals, then yes. Eddie Both Dew. Both the annuals. Eddie Dew. <laughs> Both the annual, annuals were very, they were very rough too. I, I, I didn't like, I didn't like either of the annuals. So I'm hoping they up their game for annual number three. It should be coming up soon. Right, James B? It's got to be coming up soon. What are we on? You're asking when annual three comes out in our in our thing. <laughs> uh, Am I forgetting what the word annual means again? <laughs> <laughs> so please reach out to us at let's read Spider-Man at gmail.com. We look forward to getting some amazing feedback. And uh, I am James B. Joined as always by Eddie. And remember. Eddie, now we have time to think of all the things we can say to end the book. Remember, don't be like any one of these three comics. Boring. Terrible comics. They were really bad. I'm fair. <laughs> I mean, there's a point. Remember, we did one podcast. Didn't we do one where I was like, does Peter Parker have any friends? And he just didn't have any friends. Does he have friends now? No, not really. I mean. I mean, you say not really. I mean, I don't think he has any friends now. Like that, I guess that would be true. I mean, his, Gwen, Gwen really isn't his friend. He doesn't have Betty anymore. And Liz is gone, right? Yeah. They're both out of this picture. So, yeah, Gwen is not has no reason to be his friend. She's unrealistically his friend. It's like it, the, I think some of the worst writing is that Gwen is into Peter. There's no reason they should be together. Right, a kind of a star-crossed lover. You know, you know Gwen's situation, right? You know that part of her storyline. I I don't remember it. I know you've told me about it a little <sighs> bit, but I don't really know Gwen's story. I can't believe long. I'm doing a podcast with a guy who doesn't know. Like, <laughs> I major, can't remember it. Made, I don't want to tell you that. I, I got to keep everything secret from you. I, I like read it a long time ago, and I, I just I was a little kid when I read it. I 